Welcome to another ATP podcast. I'm Seb Lozier, and after a couple of special programs looking at various issues in the game, this week the spotlight is back on the tour. And with events in Washington, Kitzbühel and Los Cabos, there's been plenty to keep an eye on as the players prepare for the upcoming Masters 1000s in Toronto and Cincinnati, followed by the final Grand Slam of the year, of course, the US Open. It's a full house this week. Coming up, we will hear from Andy Murray, Francis Tierfo, Dominic Team, Grigor Dimitrov and Felix Auger-Aliassime. But first, Taylor Fritz, who's had two great weeks in Atlanta and Washington. Now a firm fixture inside the world's top 10. Jill Krabus asked, what's been the defining factor in that this year? Not sure, to be honest. I think I've just been, I've been winning, I mean, especially last year, winning a lot of matches that were just close, could kind of go either way. I feel like I was coming out on top on a lot of those. I just playing, playing good tennis, the, the average level, I guess, has, has gone up a lot. I feel like, you know, before I had to be playing really good for things to kind of come together and for me to like have a big week or have big wins. And now I feel like I can, you know, if I'm, if I'm mentally there and, and mentally just like turned on, engaged into it, um, I can have good results and, and beat a lot of guys when I'm maybe not even playing my best as long as I'm, I'm there to compete and, and be ready. And I think that's what I've done a lot of is I've just won a lot more matches where I'm maybe not uh, playing my best. That, that average level has definitely risen. You've also had quite a bit of consistency in your support team with Mike Russell and Paul Anacone and obviously the support of your girlfriend family. Um, how, what have they done specifically that feels you, that gets you to that stage where you feel good in those big moments? Yeah, the, the team around me has made um, a big difference in, in lots of different parts. Obviously, uh, Physio Wolf has been with me for forever, but he's, yeah, I mean, he does an amazing job of keeping me healthy when I'm playing so many more matches than I'm used to be playing. Mike has done a great job of just just forcing me to work you know sometimes when I'm not not feeling it or I feel like I've always you know I've always done a pretty good job of pushing myself but I've always needed that person to tell me to you know push me even harder and, and make me work even harder so that's been a big um, improvement especially last year just this extra just extra time and attention to detail that he brings that I might uh, overlook and then, yeah, whenever my girlfriend travels with me, uh, she does a really good job of just understanding what's going on and like what I need to do well in terms of like making sure I'm eating healthy, making sure I'm going to sleep at, at good times and kind of, <laughs> sounds bad, but kind of being a, a bit of a babysitter. But um, I guess just instilling uh, healthy, healthy habits, which, you know, helped help me a lot. Yeah, it seems, you got, it seems like you got everything figured out. Um, and on that rise and that push, another push, of course, we talk about how great American tennis is, and another one who's made that push is Chris Eubanks. Just thoughts on how you feel like he's risen so quickly this year. It's amazing, you know, I think, I think a massive part of tennis and improving is just confidence. And, you know, Banks has, uh, I mean, he's had solid results all year, and then I think after winning Mallorca, he just got so much, uh, you, just, you get so much confidence, you get hot, and the way that he was playing it at Wimbledon was really like, it was serious top 10, consistent top 10 level, and it was it was really, 
really amazing how he was playing, and so I'd say for sure he's, uh, I mean, he's just leveled up as a player with all this uh, this confidence and you know feeling good about, I guess, just going after his shots. And uh, to me, when I was watching at Wimbledon, I felt like he was not only hitting so many winners, but he was choosing right times to do it. You know, when it wasn't there, he was playing more defense than I think I'd normally see him play. And uh, point structure is definitely better. And yeah, I mean, he, like I said, he's definitely leveled up as a player. Christopher Eubanks, Wimbledon semi-finalist and another American in Washington, fancied to enjoy the US swing. One of the most eye-catching matchups in Washington was between Fritz and eternal crowd favourite Andy Murray. And he also sat down with Jill. Andy, welcome back to Washington, D.C. Um, first of all, first tournament after Wimbledon. How are you able to reset physically and mentally for the hard court swing? Yeah, it was, it was tough. I was really disappointed after Wimbledon. Um, but I, I went away the following day on holiday with the family. We went away for five or six days, which it wasn't that relaxing um, with, the, with the four kids. But um, it was great just to, to get away and sort of yeah just not think about tennis um you know for a little bit and then yeah i felt like when i came back like i was ready to yeah start preparing for the u.s open and it's quite well for me anyway it's quite a different way of like preparing i do quite a lot of different stuff like heat training and like bike sessions in the heat chambers and things like that to and it's just yeah it's it's hard but it's like refreshing in a way to be doing a sort of different you know different sort of training at this stage of the year and um yeah got here really early i arrived on the tuesday before the tournament um i'd had quite a lot of issues with cramping last year during this period so i wanted to make sure like i arrived as soon as possible to adjust to the the conditions because they can be brutal and i feel good that's interesting because at this stage, with all the experience you've had, to find something new to be able to work and train. So how, how are you feeling now? Do you feel like it's made a huge impact for you with the last few days practicing? I mean, it definitely helps. Yeah, it definitely helps. And I, I think like since I, since I had the children, like I'm not doing as much training over in Miami. That used to be where I would base myself like after Wimbledon and um, you know, at the end of the year. Um, you know, to get used to being in the hot climates and everything. But yeah, so I'm, I'm having to do slightly different training off the court to, you know, to prepare for this. And um, yeah, I like it. It's fun to do to do new things. It's not easy when you've been on the tour like 17, 18 years to find different things to keep you motivated and interested. And um, yeah, I've enjoyed it. And before Wimbledon, you said that this is the best you felt physically in a while. I mean, that's pretty impressive for everything that you've done and how, you know, your physicality has been great all along. How does that help you give give you that confidence and stay motivated to do that? Yeah, well, I, I'd found it hard, like, in these last three or four years, like, since I'd had the hip surgery, that I was, I was just having quite a lot of niggles in different parts of my body and a few different injuries that were stopping me from well, training at different times or stopping me from competing, so I could never really build up like lots of momentum. Um, this year, it's not like I've had loads of momentum from like a competition perspective. My results have been up and down, but I've still, you know, been able to compete most weeks, and nothing has stopped me from like training and preparing well on the practice court. So, yeah, just physically, I feel like my body's well prepared to, 
you know, go and play multiple matches in a week or day after day, which was not the case often in the last few years. And yeah, it makes a big difference when you go into tournaments feeling like that because you know, if you want to win and do well, which I still, you know, I still have ambitions to do that on, on the tour, um, you know, you, you need to be in that place physically. Does anything change for you when you come to this hard court stretch? Because from the different surfaces physically, is it more demanding on the hard courts or about the same? It's a good question. The, the grass courts are, for me, are physically less demanding. But yeah, like the, the hard courts are also, they're, they're just quite harsh on your body. Um, you know, the courts are very sticky. The, the courts and the balls nowadays are, are quite slow. So there's lot, lots of long rallies um, and I find it tough, but maybe since the surgery, um, it's the surface I feel most comfortable on um, because there's certainty with the movements. You know, whereas with the grass courts, you're always worried a little bit about slipping or on the clay courts, it's the same, but on the hard, just that certainty with the, you know, with the movements helps. I want to talk about like not only your physical resilience, but your mental resilience, because so many players admire you, as you know, with everything you've gone through. Nishikori is now back playing. He mentioned just recently that you were one of the inspirations for him to come back and try. Like, what does that, that, that mean to you? That must mean a lot coming from your peers. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I mean, he's someone that I have a ton of respect for. We competed loads against each other on the, on the tour over the years. And yeah, he's obviously had yeah, a number of issues, physical issues over the last you know, couple of years. Um, and yeah, it's one of the, I guess it's one of the positives about going through this whole process for me. And although I've not got back to the level that I have wanted to yet, um, is that, yeah, I've had the opportunity to chat to lots of different athletes, not just in tennis, but across other sports who have gone through different injury problems or, you know, certainly hip issues that are thinking of having a surgery and trying to come back who are in a pretty you know, bad place mentally um, and, or physically have been in quite a lot of pain for a while. And yeah, just being able to chat to them and talk to them and try and help them through that, you know, that process has been, yeah, one of the positive things to that. So yeah, I mean, if, if I've made a little difference to Kay's uh, recovery and, you know, a bit of motivation for him is, yeah, it's is great to hear. And that's one of the things that, yeah, keeps me going is to, yeah, keep, yeah, inspiring people to keep going, keep fighting, like keep trying to do what it is that you love. And um, yeah, a, a lot of people come up to me, like fans and talk to me about that side of things as well. So it's definitely motivating for that's me. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Where, where else do you derive your inspiration and motivation from? Because to be able to do this day in and day out for how long you've done it and to keep going is, is a great message for a lot of people. Yeah, so... Well, it all—I mean, it starts like just with love of the game. Like, I love play. I love playing tennis. I really, really enjoy. I, I enjoy the training. I, I still love the the traveling. Um, and yeah, my, my family and my you know my wife has been really supportive. And um, I hope it's not because she just wants to get me out of the house. I hope you know. I, I hope it's. You know, because she's supporting me and what it is that I'm doing. But yeah, my, my family have been yeah really really supportive about me continuing to do what it is that I love, and you know that that makes a big difference as well. Because if they told me tomorrow, look, 
this enough. Like you know, come home. Like you don't need to keep doing this. Like I, I, I would, I would, I would stop. But she's particularly my wife has been really supportive of me. Andy Murray always draws the crowds, as does our next guest, Francis Tierfo, another American inside the world's top ten, and fighting to stay there, as he told Richard Connolly. When I was 11 and 12, hanging out there for a while, you know, I knew it was coming soon, and um, but I didn't think it was going to hit me as much as it did. I think it's such a big milestone. You know, people don't really understand it. Uh, to be called one of the best 10 players in the world, hits a little different from being. I mean, it's different than being 10 and 11. You know, just even comments like that. So, it's uh, it's it's really it really is unbelievable, and I'm I'm super happy that I was able to do it. And um, it's a big moment not only for myself, but the people I do it for, my family, my my dad, my mom, my brother, uh, my girlfriend. So, how did it hit you? Super emotional, man. I mean, a guy, you know, a guy who grew up, you know, my dad was a janitor in a tennis club, mom working two jobs, you know, through the night, um, living in two bedroom, my mom. You know, I stayed at a tennis center for, you know, most of my childhood, a couple times a week and spent so much time and, you know, nobody thought I'd be able to do any of these things. And, and then on the flip side of that, you know, a lot of people, you know, Francis Tifo is always too relaxed. He doesn't, he jokes around too much. He's, you know, he's not serious. You know, everybody, you know, had this, you know, painted this picture about me. And, and it's kind of like, you know, what are you all going to say now? You know, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just pleased with it. I'm really pleased. That's an awful lot to carry. You must be so proud of yourself. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Um, but I'm very comfortable with my own skin. You know, I'm I'm really happy. I mean, I know I know what I've you know what I've overcame to even be at this point to even play these events, um, play all the slams, and have my parents see me play overseas and play against the best players in the world. So I just have that perspective. So I mean, I'm you know I'm friends. I'm me in every room I walk in. Um, I'm happy. I'm I'm blessed to be in the position I am, and you know now being one of the best players in the world. You know, I just, uh, you know, I don't take that landing. I don't take it for granted. And you're versatile too. Your three tour titles have come on different surfaces. Is that also a source of pride? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty ironic, but yeah. Why is it ironic? Um, it's just, yeah, my first three titles all on different surfaces. Pretty, you can't really write that, right? And I think that's why we love sports because, you know, it can't be written. But also, I mean, it goes to show that I'm, I'm an all-core player. Um, you know, I can do it on all surfaces. Um, obviously, you know, I prefer a hard court to grass court, but you know, it shows I can, I can be dangerous on all surfaces when locked in. What have you always had on grass, and what have you improved? I've always had great feel, great hands. Um, I think it's now I ser- I'm serving much better, which, which is I'm getting out of trouble, I'm holding easier, I'm throwing a ball to your guy, making pressure on him. Um, returns also got better, especially my foreign return. I, you know, I've making a lot more in play, so I think those things have, have really helped me on the grass. Your coach Wayne Wayne Ferreira, he must be very proud of what you've achieved as well. He's always talking about the focus. Yeah, no doubt. You've, no. you've demonstrated that. Haven't yeah, no, you yeah, 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 no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. And I think I think he's super proud, right? I mean, we, we started and I was on the I was on the decline of my career at the time. You know, went back playing challengers again, which I you know shouldn't have been doing. I was. Um, you know, not in a good headspace at all. And, um, you know, we started, I was around 90 in the world, low 80s, and, and now, you know, a couple years later, he's got me to the top 10. So you know, we have a great relationship. You know, I have a lot of respect for that guy, and he was a tremendous player himself. So um, now is, you know, the time where I'm going to really lean into him and, you know, understand what, you know, being top of the world means and all, all the other stuff that comes with it. And, uh, but yeah, I'm excited for what's next. Does it matter? Does it make a difference? that he was a, a top player in his day? For sure, for sure. I mean, that insight, right, uh, of 
that he knowing that he's been through those moments. So like when you're you're going, when you're not only talking to Maxie and talking strategy, but you know how to speak to me in certain moments. Um, you know, entering matches of how to expect certain things, pressures, and what have you. So um, it, it's it's vital that he's that he's been there. Thank you to Francis Tierfo and that coaching relationship with Wayne Ferreira looks to be going from strength to strength. Up next, Austrian Dominic Team, who's been in great form in Kitzbühel this week, eventually losing out to Argentine Sebastian Baez in the final. He's also been playing a bit of fantasy tennis, building his perfect player from stars past and present. You're listening to the ATP Tennis Radio Podcast. If you were to build a perfect player, which aspects you will steal from a player? Forehand. Rafa. Sometimes it's not that uh, obvious because all his game is, is so great. I think in the last years his forehand uh, is, was the best, how tough it was to play, um, especially on clay. So forehand I choose Rafa. And Nadal, forehand, leaping off the clay on that occasion. Backhand. Novak, you shoot at him in this shot, he will always have an answer, so I'll go for him. Oh, come on, this is getting silly. I mean, you can't hit that backhand much better. Serve. Serve is a difficult one. There are some names I, I have in my head, but I will go for John Isner, uh, because from all the from all the players I played against, I for me his serve was was the most tough to return. 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 I'll go for Novak as well. Sometimes you hit like an amazing serve to him, which is against many players ace or service winner, and um, he not only puts it back, but he will even bring you in a in a complicated situation. How about slice? Slice. I'll go for Roch. His slice was just something different. Even I remember when, when I practiced the first time with him, was was on grass and uh, the first slice he, he gave to me was like uh, horrible, how much uh, spin it, it had on it. And uh, also he was um, choosing it so smart in the rallies, so smart in the, in the game. So that's a pretty clear answer. Net game. Net game, I go also with uh, Roger. First of all, he was using it the most. I think he was playing to the net a lot. And uh, also, I really like the way he's volleying. The placement of the volleys was, was really good, I thought, and so I'll go with him. Are you kidding? From close range, what a volley initially from Federer. Touch. It's a difficult one because I think that I mean, all all the all the top players have a, have a great touch, and all of the top players are unbelievable talents. Have good hands. It's not easy, but if I have to choose one, I'll I'll choose Roger as well. Oh, look at the hands, the magistry. Speed. Speed. I go with Gael. He's 37, I think now already. He's still so fast. It was a Pure joy to, to watch him sprinting for drop shots and sprinting for tough balls. Flexibility? Flexibility, I'll, I'll go for Novak and Grigor. Uh, both of them, I think they are the, the same level of flexibility. Both of them can do the, the full split and uh, it's also great to, to see them if, if they do it. 
mental toughness. Novak and, and Rafa, they're on a very similar level. I think they, they both, not only in my opinion, but also if you look at the statistics on, uh, I don't know, tiebreak one or, or deciding sets one or whatever, or, or tough pressure points one, um, they, they will always be on, on top there, I guess. Djokovic is the champion in Turin. Absolutely sensational from the dark. And celebration? <laughs> celebration. Well, I think I'll, I'll go for for Daniel. The celebration was iconic when, when he won the US Open. And also, I remember when, when we played the finals of, of Nito ATP finals, he, he won back then the biggest title of his career and just walked to the net and said, good match, and that's it. And it's pretty cool. And former US Open champion Daniel Medvedev will be one of the favourites on the American hard courts over the coming weeks. So to recap on Dominic Team's perfect player. Forehand, Rafael Nadal. Backhand, Novak Djokovic. Serve, John Isner. Return, Novak Djokovic. Slice, Roger Federer. Net game, Roger Federer. Touch, Roger Federer. Speed, Gael Monfils. Flexibility, Novak Djokovic and Grigor Dimitrov. Mental toughness, Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal. What a combination. And celebration, Daniel Medvedev, specifically from the US Open and the Nito ATP Finals. Thanks to ATP Uncovered for that piece of content. And it's good to see Dominic Team showing signs of his past Grand Slam winning form. Another player who's upped his game this season is Bulgaria's Grigor Dimitrov, who's gone deep now in his last five outings. So what's making him play so well this season? Chris Bowers asked the question. I don't know, I guess consistency. Uh, I think when you put a lot of things uh, together, uh, I think it really helps not only your game, but I think the, the mental aspect of the game, which I believe it's much more vital um, at the moment uh, where I'm at in my career. So I've been, um, you know, I've been doing a lot of, uh, a lot of basics, a lot of just good things overall in the court. My body's been has been holding up well. I've been able to to stay a lot on the court. I've been able to do a lot of hours back to back. My recovery has been better. So um, I guess just you know, brushing up on on certain things that that are very very important for my game. And I think the whole team has has done a great job so far to put me in a good position. And yeah, little by little, I think we we keep on going. You know, it's just how it is. You know, tennis is such a competitive sport, as we all know. But um, yeah, you need to find a different edge, a different way uh, to uh, to go around the guys, right? Um, you need to you need to, to also perform every single week at your best, which is very difficult. So uh, you know, oh, I know a lot of. Uh, I think a lot of positive things uh, around, and obviously me and, and the whole team, and uh, I think also each one of the, um, of obviously the coaches and, and all the staff have been um, have been also very busy and trying to reinforce the good things. We've got used to you being around the top ten, certainly top twenty. Has it helped you that you've slipped slightly off the radar, or is that something that we as tennis watchers are paying too much attention to? 
I think I never paid that much attention to to ranking because I mean if you do well if you win not only tournaments but matches it's inevitable you're gonna get to that place. Um, I mean I'm also like very aware uh, that there's there's quite a few guys at the at the top right now that where where the focus is. However, I have done great against all of them. I've beaten all of them. Um, so you know I, I like my chances and also I don't wanna I don't wanna get uh, down on myself for for many things and in the same time I'm I'm running my own race at the moment I think I I don't I'm trying not to to be too um you know too hung up on ranking on points or anything like that I'm I'm enjoying the sport I'm enjoying what I'm doing and for me I think it's it's worth way more um I mean I've been around for quite some time and you know still to be able to also be up there you know among among the top players it's it's already a great achievement, but I believe I can do better. I believe that the best is yet to come, and I was uh, I also, also always want to stay positive in my in my way because this is my way of doing things. I mean, who knows? I might be the underdog now. In two weeks, I might be the one to beat. Right? So there's just um, everything can change uh, with a blink of an eye in our sport. You're 32, but you've been around for a long time. Does that mean you're an old 32, a young 32? You say the best still to come. I mean, does that experience help, or do you feel the mileage in your legs, or what? No, absolutely not. I feel I like actually uh, the youth in my legs all of a sudden since I've put a better results overall in in the gym and and everything than than 10 years ago, for example. So that means that uh, you know the experience starts to pay the dividends and. Over overall, I've been able to, uh, you know, to be consistent. The body's been holding up well. So, I mean, in a way, actually, I have I'm in a better position in a way than the younger guys because I have more mileage and more experience, right? Um, but you know, it is what it is. As I said, that I think the most important thing for me is to to keep on enjoying what I'm doing because um, it's such a little window of time that uh, that we all have um, out here in our sport and in general. So. I think I'm. I just want to make sure that I uh, I give all I have. Was there a moment when the fun came back, or when you just had this sense of I'm enjoying it again? Uh, I've always enjoyed it. I think it's it's more of the um, the dedication to the sport. I mean, in a way, I always say tennis is a very very fair sport. Whatever you put in, you get out. But it's not always the case. But. Um, mm, more times than not, it has gone in the, uh, on a good way. So I think for me, uh, of course, I had moments uh, of doubt and you know fatigue and mental toughness and all the, all, those, all those things that that are coming to 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 one player at some point. Of course, I had it, but it's uh, it never discouraged me. It uh, it made me turn inwards more so to myself to get to know myself a bit better and to learn more about myself. And I think that that really helped me to um, uh, to where I'm at right now, and that's why I say the best is yet to come because it's it's like a new way of doing things. You feel a bit uh, reborn about it. And do you feel that one of your weapons now is that people do sometimes underestimate you? That that's okay for me. Uh, whether uh, you know, in a way, with all the respect to everyone, I, I don't really care uh, how how they see me. Whether um, you know, was as an old player, as a new player, as a more experienced player, whatever it is, it is. Um, but I, uh, you know, I'm out there to to compete and play uh, my own way. So the outcome of them doesn't really bother me. That's why I, every time I play, I always like my chances. 
Grigor Dimitrov back inside the top 20. And barring three weeks in 2019, he's now been inside the world's top 50 for over 10 years. Staggering consistency from Dimitrov. Finally this week, we look ahead to the first of two back-to-back Masters 1000s. Cincinnati will follow, but first it's Toronto, where Canada's top player Felix Auger-Aliassime will have a lot of support as he seeks a return to form. Feeling good physically. I know I've said in a, this year I was struggling with some injuries or uh, sickness at the French Open, but that was quick and um, now I'm back in good shape. I was training well the last couple of weeks. So I'm looking forward to now this second part of the season, I guess, and this North American swing. Um, it's always special to me. It's kind of close to home, and uh, I grew up playing on hard courts in North America. So hopefully I can, you know, play well. But most importantly, I'm, I'm feeling good physically. So. Yeah, that's great. I was going to ask you about, um, you know, next stop, Toronto. Does it feel like that you are part of home right now, being in this cal- part of the calendar year? Yeah, well... As tennis players, we kind of become uh, global citizens, you know, or like citizens of the world. But but it, it does feel closer to home um, because, of course, growing up in Montreal, Canada, I mean, the first time I went outside of uh, Montreal to play tennis was Toronto, was uh, coming to the States, coming to Florida, for example. So it does feel like, okay, I'm, I'm closer to what I know. Uh, and it's nice to also uh, have the fans... Uh, you know, give a lot of support, I think, uh, especially in Toronto, of course, but uh, if I think of New York in the, in the past years, there's a lot of Canadians that would come and, and, and give support. Yesterday I met a French Canadian as well at, at, the, at my practice, so it's nice to, you know, to see people that either from home or, or close to. And you said you've been feeling great physically. I wanted to ask you mentally because you've had some time off this year that's not normal for yeah. the normal calendar year. Yeah. Has that sort of refreshed you or do you feel fresher in yes. a way? Definitely it has um, and um, it was an interesting period because so far I mean since I'm on the tour I've been playing a lot of tournaments I think like many young players you're just so focused on your career and always trying to achieve more and compete and win and this year it was like it feels kind of funny it feels like uh, I didn't play as much uh, I mean if you look at compared to last year I played so many matches and tournaments it feels like today, uh, this year, I had a, a lot of time at home uh, to think, to, to of course, uh, work out. But it gave me a, a nice perspective on, on like, okay, well, even if, even if I'm not in tournament, it's not so bad. And I, I enjoy also this other parts of my life, um, which is which was a beautiful thing, actually. I know you have a lot of interests. I'm curious because as tennis players, you don't get that time that much. The positive part of, and other things that you were able to do to have fun. What else were you able to do during that period of time? As I know, you probably missed the tennis. No, I missed tennis. I mean, I was in and out of competing all the time, so I didn't have like a long stretch where I could kind of uh, uh, log off and just say like, look, I'm going to go do something completely different. I was practicing a lot and I was kind of staying professional and trying to get back to the to tournaments as soon as possible. So I wouldn't say that I had so much time to, to do other things, but I was just enjoying the little things of life, kind of, you were always traveling uh, away from home and to be with uh, my family, I had spent some time with my dad, which didn't hap- doesn't happen all the time and uh, as often. I got to spend a couple of uh, months with him and then with my mom this summer, 
and see my uh, my aunt, my cousins that I hadn't seen in, in yeah some in a couple of years. So I think it was nice to to see the people that have been important to me my my whole life and and with my profession I don't get to see them as often. So it was nice to. To, to get to to be at home with all these people. I was gonna say to have that balance a little bit. You yes, got yes, that exactly. I mean, yeah. we're traveling so much, and I'm, I'm extremely driven and focused on, on my career. But um, being back with with uh, my aunt, my cousins, it was. I felt like I was back when I was a kid, and just going to my aunt's place and and, and enjoying like going to the movies with her, and she would take me do different things that I don't usually do, and. So it was nice to just like see these people that are really important to me. Uh, you know that if I was in a tournament, I probably wouldn't have the chance to see them. Yeah. And what about goals just for the rest of the year? I mean, my my ambitions and my goals are always. Uh, I I put the bar very high, or I mean, I, I don't really put a bar, so to speak. And I think it's it's unlimited for me. I'm every time I'm in a tournament, I try to go out to to win. Um, so we'll see where that leads me. Um, but now, like we've just talked about, I had a bit of time to, to reset and to rest. And hopefully in the second half of the year, I can play many matches and, and win some and win some tournaments and, uh, and finish the year uh, in a good way. Don't worry, that was not Jill or Felix falling off their chair at the end of that interview. Fascinating insight from Felix there. And after his recent dip in form, Candy Reid spoke with his coach, Frederic Fontaine, and wanted to ask all about confidence. I mean, there is a two parts in the confidence. There is like a self-confidence that you are, you need to have like whatever the external things you know, happen. And of course, is the, the, the second confidence is like uh, more you are winning and, and less question, less hesitation you have. Uh, so you, you need to have the both. How much does it affect people, do you think, where Felix had got to those eight finals and hadn't won one? And I know around the media, the journalists, you know, you're starting to ask a few questions. Can he get over the line? Is he nervous? So is that just getting over that final hurdle? Is that the key? And how do you do that, having lost eight finals in a row? I mean, it's uh, for me, it's like uh, larger than that, because in life, uh, uh, you, you, you can uh, always like uh, make something in competition is something uh, it's always missing you know even if you win t- 10 World Champs then you have to win 11 so in the case of Felix we are like really focused on the, on this process to to have the the skills to have like the mental uh, you know values you know and and to to be better every day like this at one point you know uh, yeah you will be more solid and then you are less uh, uh, less attached to the external uh, effect that means the media or like what the people expectation or what they are like saying you know it's a, for for me it's like a, not in the bad way but it's it's the noise you know and you have just have to focus on your your own things what you can control is that important for players just so they're focusing on what they can control rather than all the external stuff i will say that uh, nowadays you cannot like uh, put your head in the sand you know so the 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 society is like that, you know, and always like that, you know, you you have people, uh, the, the players are happy that these all media are like uh, make the tennis more popular, more fun. So you cannot like uh, you have to be able to to play uh, your best tennis, uh, to be able to to compete under pressure, you know, internal or external. So it's a kind of balance with uh, all what you said. you know. And you obviously are the, the coach and then you have uh, a couple of physios. Um, does Felix also work with a psychologist? 
not directly you know uh, we, we we took the um, we took the decision that it's more like uh, for me and for the team to have like to develop uh, skills communication to to have like a better understanding uh, about the how the brain is working and so yeah we as a, as a coach I, I, I work on that now everybody knows uh, if, of course every player is different every player has his own personality but of course uh, you in the like in those pressure moment, moment what uh, we we know that uh, when you are like uh, calm more calm inside doesn't mean that you are passive you know uh, then you are going to be able to to execute well better you know not the perfect it's not the like uh, on off solution but it's to find this uh, right alchemy team Ojeali Asim will be hoping for great things on home soil in Toronto as will Milos Raonic another Canadian who's back out on court is it a comeback is it a farewell tour Find out on the pod channel midweek as he speaks exclusively with Chris Bowers. He plays Francis Tiafo in round one in Toronto in the bottom half of the draw. That's a tough one to start with. Some big names in the top half of the draw. Alcaraz, Runa, Sinner, Murray, Sitsipas, all there in that top bracket. Remember, you can watch the whole thing live by subscribing to Tennis TV You can get all the latest scores and results and orders of play on the ATP WTA Live app. And for everything else, including all the latest news, go to atptour.com. I'm Seb Lozier. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the tennis. Tennis.